delay or waste time because I feel like sure. there's a number of them to jump through. Um, sure. So, so welcome back, Tim, Mr. Jackson, the English teacher uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> uh, and you wrote up, uh, wrote up the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, the, the, I guess it's the local team around there, isn't it? Um, well, I'm kind of in a weird spot. I'm about equidistant between New York and Philly, but it's, it's local enough. And I, I grew up down that way. Oh, so are you a born and raised Philly fan? Uh, I, I am. Oh God. All right. So is this going to get like really <laughs> testy? Like, are you going to start throwing batteries at me? How's this going to end? I, okay. Only, only if you morph into JD Drew. Uh, I, have no i don't plan on doing that but <laughs> but we may end up talking about uh what's that backup catcher that was there a while ago not andrew knapp uh cameron rupp i may want to oh, talk okay. about him for a while um so <laughs> so let's start off with uh because the major league team uh you wrote up all of the philly hitters uh for pitcher list um very similar to what you did for the royals if you're interested in reading that the link will be in the notes uh, so feel free to click on that and peruse through. But we're going to just jump right in because there are so many names that I do want to talk about. Um, first one is, is Reese Hoskins actually good? Because I don't think he is as good as everybody thinks he is. Oh, man. Um, I would love to say yes, and I just don't know if I can. I, I don't know. Like it, it comes up in the write-up. I'm not sure if... The issues with him are a matter of he's been figured out by the league and he's just failed to adjust. Uh, <laughs> speaking historically, the Phillies have had first basemen like that and who are really good and then <laughs> failed to make certain adjustments. Um, he just he's been documented to have problems with with different types of pitches, whether it's uh, like he popped up a ton last year. Um, he. Like some people think maybe he was just too injured to be as good as he really is. I don't know if he's going to be closer to 2019 or 2018. And I don't know. I guess a lot of what he does moving forward shapes how the team responds and acts moving forward. I don't. I feel like I gave you a half answer. Yeah, you, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but here, here, let me ask you this: Would you rather have uh, a peak Reese Hoskins, whatever that might look like, or peak Ryan Howard? Oh, peak Ryan Howard. Why? Because peak Ryan Howard, like nobody wanted to pitch to him, but when they tried, he this would annihilate them. On the phone, Reese Hoskins. You peak, peak Reese Hoskins right now is a small sample of 50 games in 2017 where sure he annihilated the ball but then he came up and was the last two years he's been a really similar hitter by and large and last year failed to kind of the whole team kind of failed to take advantage of the uh, the rabbit ball you know they they hit their fewest amount of homers in in years i think relative to the rest of the league and how they paced so when a, a player slugging drops by 20 points that's bad <laughs> Uh, it's inadvisable. <laughs> so, so what are you banking on for next year? Like if uh, your projection seems to think that it's going to be, uh, 98 home runs, 36 home runs, 92 RBI with a 242, 365, 499. So he's going to have an plus like an 800 plus OPS for sure. You're going to lock him in. You're going to write that in pen. Yeah, I would write that much in pen. 
the the projections that's it's kind of interesting because they're all steamer based so it's it's curious to see steamer seeing him rebound so well uh maybe they don't think he's got a big hole in his swing maybe they're not really accounting for that they are seeing a a bounce back across the board and if we're going to consider that this is where like do we push on steamer too because of projections they're generally conservative right so do we buy into that as his ceiling or his floor i would say that's probably closer to his ceiling all right so um would you rather have him or jose abreu in a dynasty league dynasty Mm. probably hoskins okay and then i'll give you one more um what how how big is the gap between him and pete alonzo next year Oh boy, it's pretty big. I would say, like, I, I don't know. I I believe in Alonzo. I see my market. It, we see a lot of New York games, so just seeing the way he he just annihilates baseballs, that's pretty big. <laughs> uh, and like Hoskins, he you know when he's really on, he's pulling the ball for homers, which is really hard to replicate. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement, and you're going to tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. Bryce Harper is only a little better than Justin Upton, and that's sad. <laughs> uh, you know what? I saw this in the, in the rundown, and I was like, I did get a little sad, and I had to look a little closer. I think it's especially harsh given that Upton only managed to, to limp through 63 games last year, uh, even if we want to call Harper – Injury prone, which I think is generous or harsh, rather. Uh, I think he still outproduces that. I think the other thing in my head, inevitably, I, I'm drawn to the contract, right? Like everybody, like that's the thing with Harper that he got the megastar contract, and he's only had one really megastar season, which was right. so far in the rear view at this point. It's very far uh, back. Yeah, but I think what's interesting is, and uh, Rob Arthur, has, he spoke about this in August at, at Sabre Seminar. He's written about it recently at BP, about teams paying for the potential more so than the counting stats or, or past performance of a player. And I think that's just always going to be the case with Harper. He's you always going to be the unfulfilled potential? Um, I don't know if it'll be unfilled. I think he's going to have a couple big seasons over the course of this contract. I mean, it's really easy to forget that he's still, you know, like he's going to play 2020 at 27 years old. And what's interesting, like I'm putting together this this uh, picture list mock draft recap of everybody's best and worst picks, which you can you'll be able to find shortly soon on the site uh, within the next few days, I would think. And by the time this comes so- out, it'll be out for a little bit. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Yeah. And we're just waiting on a few responses, which is, is fine. But one person's regret was picking Harper at 20th overall in favor or, or realizing they could have gotten Michael Conforto rounds later. Uh, and that, that was very interesting to me. I still think if you draft him early, he's got a really super comfortable floor. He's still showing a, a willingness to, to swipe bags, which is just a huge deal in, in terms of a fantasy, fantasy aspect. But even in major league aspect, I, he just there are things that he does that you can understand why you would want to buy into him big time. So you mentioned before that uh, you feel like he still has a couple mega seasons ahead of him, a couple really big seasons ahead of him. What yeah. what do those uh, big seasons look like? What's peak Bryce Harper looking like? 
Well, I think it's hard to call a peak because I don't know if he reaches or tops 2015's nine-war season, right? So maybe he's got a couple of six-war seasons in him, and maybe they're not sequential because he's just a, a funky player. He puts out really different production each year. Well, he puts out really similar production, but he does it in seemingly staggered ways. And I, I would say probably that six-war, so you're looking at, I don't know, 30-plus homers, probably over 100 runs, probably – over 100 RBI and maybe double digit steals while barely, you know, walking probably 15%, striking out about 20, 25. All right. So, so in a fantasy perspective, right? It, it, again, we're, we're all fancy dynasty people around here. So, so we're thinking about this from a dynasty perspective. Uh, would you take uh, Harper or JD Martinez in a dynasty league? Ooh. How old is J.D. Martinez? I believe he's 34. But that, you know, he's mainly playing like D.H. outfield. So I think yeah. his skill set ages well. Oh, man, that's really tough. He's 32. I wanna, he is 32 years old. I want to say Harper just because I feel like that's one of those things. I, I don't buy into uh, super dynastic outlooks for me most of the time even in dynasty it's like you've got plenty of chances to still win now so uh, i want to say harper long term but if you want to go the next few years I'd, I'd probably take martinez okay um bryce harper or post cheating scandal george springer um <laughs> uh, well has george springer been traded to the padres yet <laughs> no um uh, I would probably take Harper there. I, I feel like there's a lot going on. I mean, we don't we have no idea of the repercussions of hitters and how they perform or if we should downgrade them or not in Houston. Uh, if he sticks around, if he moves, he's also shown a tendency to kind of uh, have these back and forth alternating seasons. So I, mm, I'll take Harper. Okay. But I don't know if I'll like it. Yeah. I mean, it, that's I feel like the running MO with most people on Bryce Harper is, is – I'll take him now because yeah, it's Bryce Harper. And then you take him and you're like, I don't like that. I just took him and <laughs> I feel bad about it. And I feel bad about myself. So that's like, it's rough to think about, right? Cause it was always Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper. Yeah. And now it's kind of like Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna, Christian Yelich, Juan Soto, Cody Bellinger. And then you start thinking maybe Bryce Harper but it's a pretty big gap between those people. And then there's a handful of other names like we just spoke about that are within that uh, realm. So it is. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, there's two things. One, just in regard to Springer specifically, he hasn't played more than 140 games the last three years. So, you know, I think Harper can stay healthier than that. And, uh, it's really odd. I think there's going to be a discussion for a long, long time, maybe even after he stops playing about how to frame Bryce Harper's production and his performance and his career, because not being Mike Trout, despite being billed with him as they came up together, like, I don't think that's a disappointment. There's only one Mike Trout and maybe one Mike Trout ever. That's, I mean, that's fair, right? That, that, that's fair. There's no doubt about that, but it's just one of those things where, it was always Mike Trout and then Bryce Harper. Yeah. Not not that, you know, they were really ever that close to begin with, but I mean, 
now you have these other names that are just much better. I feel like have much better production yeah. than Bryce Harper is, and he it shouldn't have been that way. The way people thought about him, even three or four years ago. That's fair, and honestly, uh, the more and more we get, like three years from now, in terms of social media, and the way that people have access to prospects, it's probably going to be even more in depth than what we had what we have now and certainly that much more in depth than what we had three, five, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. So to see the likes of Ronald Acuna come up and just ball out like through the minors all the way, I, th- I feel like more it's reaching more people too. So I think that that might be part of it. Yeah. So uh, Didi Gregorius was signed during this offseason. How does he fit into the infield and where does that leave Scott Kingery? He's their shortstop. He's the Philly shortstop. And that's going to push Scott Kingery to third base, which is going to be his now third primary position. Like he, they signed him. He came up through the system as a second baseman. They signed him. He did the super utility thing and was kind of awkward through all of his production. There. As are most things with um, Gabe Kepler, but go on. Uh, yeah, let's skip him. Um, and his, his weird chicken nugget habits. Um, yeah, Kingery is going to be the third baseman. He he, I could see them still spelling second base where Gene Segura will play now. I could see them using him in center field because their outfield is is kind of uh, it it lacks shape after Harper. Let's say that. Um, and with Hoskins back at first since they traded Carlos Santana last year, he's still going to get a lot of play in a few positions. And for fantasy aspects, like he's going to re- maintain that multi-position eligibility, which is a huge asset, I think, especially when you get a guy like Kingery, who he's had trouble hitting fastballs in the zone, which is never a good thing. But if he shows any development at all at the plate, like that's going to help a lot. And I think a guy like Didi Gregorius is going to stabilize the infield a little bit, which is odd to say. The Phillies have had a very odd infield the last few years. All right, so if Didi's on a one-year contract with them, right? Yeah. All right, so what is he putting up next year, and what what spot do you have him projected to bat in? For 2020? For 2020. Probably the five-hole. Okay. And he's right now projected for a little over 70 runs, a a little over 20 homers, 80-plus RBI, and five six stolen bases and where does that leave him with shortstop eligibility you know because like your shortstops uh, are very very good so where are you ranking him next year let's just say f- straight up for next year where does he rank in your uh, shortstop rankings oh boy probably further down like i'm looking at dd as an upside guy and maybe like a 15 teamer or deeper because if even if you look at the ADP for all like the, the Smata hosts on his site for all the the PL mocks that happened, we find it's you know funny looking at it. Scott Kingery is the 24th shortstop eligible. John Jean Segura is the 25th eligible shortstop, and Didi is at 29. I think Didi finishes better than the 29th eligible shortstop because there's bound to be disappointments and injuries ahead of him. But still not like top 10. I would still say outside of that. Would you take uh, Polanco or Gregorius? Oh, man. Jorge Polanco, he's got the, the odd exit velocity stuff. Based on their price, I might go Didi and see if I can beef up 
my lineup elsewhere earlier. Okay. And then uh, what about uh, Gregorius or uh, Corey Seager? I'm just out on Corey Seager, I think, right now. I think he's just a name. I'm out on you. You don't say that. <laughs> We're a pro Corey Seager podcast here. All right. You don't. Uh... All right. I'm going to give Are you. you gonna batteries? I'm just, I'm letting you know that you better not mouth Corey Seager because he's a saint and he's coming back this year. He's going to be great. Um, well, so here's the thing Seager's, he went 136th on average and Didi went, uh, where did he just go? 296th. So, like, where are we placing the value there, I guess? And how much do you want to buy into to production and so on? Yeah. All right, I'm going to give you three three names, and then you're going to rank them in order for dynasty value. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right, Marcus Simeon. Okay. Didi Gregorius. Paul DeYoung. Simeon, DeYoung, Didi. Okay. All right. That's I, – I cannot quibble with that. That is perfect in my eyes. Um, I'm a big believer in Simeon as a side note. I think he's legit. You think uh, – who's that? Simeon? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I'm, I'm pro pro Simeon podcast as well. We are very much I'm all about <laughs> Marcus Simeon. Um so with that said, let's let's just touch a little bit more on Kingery. Um he struggled initially, right? When he first came up and then he yeah. seemingly turned it around last year. He he did pretty well. I w- I would say um you know, he still he still did not crack that 20 home run level, which I would have liked. Um, but he did it. And do you feel like he has more than 15 stolen bases in him this year coming? I think he does just based on the playing time he should get. Like he stole 15 bags across 126 games last year. Mm. Now, maybe Joe Girardi sees the team run a little less, but he's still really fast and he's still going to play more than he did in 2019. So, yeah, I could see that. Did that 29% K rate scare you a little though? It scares me because he has demonstrated that ability to whiff on fastballs in the zone. And, like, you you can't – I hate that term, fastball hitter. Like, oh, he's a real fastball hitter. But if you can't say that about a guy, that's trouble. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at it, I'm trying to, I'm trying to quickly pull it up. But I'm pretty sure with a minimum of 500 plate appearances, he's probably up there in the top 15 as far as K-rate goes. And so that's still – scares me a lot yep he's he's number five so yeah it's uh it's it's not looking pretty up here here let me read some of these names and pretty sexy up here domingo santana rugnit odor ryan mcmahon danny santana are are the only people that really took (laughs) took uh scott kingery in the k crown so i mean it's it's not only that but just that his walk rate isn't that great either you know, like if you had a 29% K rate, but you paired it with a, like, I don't know, a 10 to 13% walk rate, that's still more palatable. Um, you're still getting on base at a, at a pretty reasonable rate, but he yeah. was barely above league average in production last year. And I just, I like the multi-positional eligibility because I'm a sucker for it, but Me I too. still don't see him being super valuable. Okay. Probably not. Like, no. don't invest more than a flyer. Because you mentioned his plate discipline. He's never broken 9% walk rate. So, ever, through all the minors. So, I don't see it hum- coming right now. Say something nice about Adam Hazley. His batting stance is unique. Is that nice? <laughs> I don't feel like that was nice. I feel like that was... Yeah. Um, 
I think he's going to be a useful major leaguer. I don't know how useful he'll be for dynasty or fantasy purposes. Over under number of plate appearances for Adam Hazley next year. <clears throat> 460. Oh, God. I'm going to take the under. I think he's a shade under that. Why? Who's taking at-bats from him? Well, um, hopefully a healthy Kutch is there, right? Like So that's a second outfield spot. So then you're really looking at Hastley in center, who's splitting time with... Not Oduble. Definitely not Oduble, although the team still is like awkwardly not saying it won't happen at some point. But like maybe they spell him with Kingery and maybe they move things around in the infield. Um, you know, it's. I, I mean, I'm just I'm looking at the depth chart. Yeah, and I don't. I, who's it going to be? Jay Bruce? And then are they going to put Harper in center or are they going to put. Like what's going to happen there? I, I don't I don't really see a center fielder in that group. Maybe Roman Quinn, but I mean you're not doing a lot there. That's not much better than Hazley. No, I well Roman Quinn also can't stay healthy at all ever. Right. So maybe he does break 460, and I but I don't know if that's good for the team if he does. Hazley can't hit lefties. That's his problem. Like he just he can't and he won't, and so he should sit against lefties if if Gerardo's worth anything. And then I can see Roman Quinn playing that platoon, that short side platoon. I could see that. And you know the thing is, if he's gonna face left or if lefties come up against the Phillies about thirty percent of the time as they do through the league, you know what's a full season of at bats minus thirty percent? Does it break the four sixty? Maybe that's what we should think about. But um, the math would make my brain hurt on the fly, and I, I would concede that he he could very feasibly break four hundred and sixty plate appearances. He has a better K rate than Scott Kingery. So, just <laughs> but who doesn't outside of the? <laughs> yeah, so, fair. That's a fair fair thing to say. Um, so. Uh, if you were going to roster him, like if you were going to roster him in a dynasty league, where would like what kind of league would you bring him into? Probably just deep, like really deep, and especially depending on your settings. Like if you're in a points league where stolen bases aren't valued and Hastley isn't running, or he, you know, he is running, but that's about all he's doing. Uh, you probably don't need to really investigate too much there. Yeah. I'm very whelmed by Gene Segura. <laughs> uh, is that a fair statement? Yeah, I, I think it is. You know, last year it was it was bizarre. It was the first year he didn't steal twenty bags. I think as a major leaguer, right. but I don't think he was ever healthy. So even if he's healthy, maybe he's hitting fifteen homers and maybe fifteen steals. Because at this point, he's he's going to play most of twenty twenty at thirty years old and. He did slow down a little bit last year with his injuries in terms of his speed. So, yeah, I think being whelmed is is perfectly cromulent in regards to Gene Segura. Cromulent. I, man, that is a $10 word. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> um, so he had a low in batting average for the since like the lowest since 2015 uh, at 280 right? And it was the lowest OBP. So I think that there's some validity since 2016, to be clear. I think there's some validity in saying that he was probably playing hurt um, or something was going on with him. 
uh, to mitigate the stolen bases and just getting on base. If your wheels aren't there and they're not carrying you to those slappy, yeah. you know, bloop singles, then I don't know what to, I don't know. So do you feel like he rebounds a little bit? Is he a rebound candidate? I think so. I think that's very reasonable to think. I think it's just a matter of, does he, like, it's something to watch for. When you, he was injured, like, all year, it's listed in the write-up. It's basically every lower body part possible was injured at one point and uh so here we go it, it was there were reports on ankles uh his shin and knee a heel hamstring all on separate occasions of different injuries so yeah i could see him bouncing back for sure i found it odd that they uh are moving him off of shortstop because he is a uh, defensive he's not bad defensively even last year he sported a positive uh defensive war um but that said he's going to be moving to second base right and second base is a little bit of a wasteland. Uh, it's probably not the weakest position, but it's probably one of the three weakest. Um, where does he land for you in a second base ranking? Well, people really love them some Keston Hiura here early on in our drafts. Um, I'm, no, I'm just looking over ADPs. You know, it's funny, like, DJ LeMahieu is listed as the 10th eligible second baseman with where he went. Um, boy, the top really is stocked between the first like four guys with Altuve, Baez, Marte, Torres. If Altuve is even playing next year, but we'll just leave that yeah. for another pod. <laughs> yeah. Um, Albies is still there. I, he's probably like after 10. Comfortably after 10 is what I would say. Okay. In a, in a dynasty league, would you take uh, Segura or would you take Jeff McNeil? Probably McNeil. Okay. Uh, would you take Segura or Hampson? Garrett Hampson. Segura. Okay. And I'll give you one more. Uh, Segura or Michael Chavis? Ooh. Chavis. That's the wrong answer. Michael Chavis is trash. <laughs> why Why is Michael Chavis trash? I'm pretty sure he has as worse or as bad or worse of a K rate uh, as Scott Kingery. Uh, I think he hits the ball better than Scott Kingery, though. So when he makes the contact, it's worth a lot more. I was talking with uh, uh, Jai Correa, who wrote up the Boston Red Sox uh, hitter analysis, and we'll be on a. We recorded a podcast. I don't know. It might come out before or after this. Who knows? But anyway, we're gonna roll the dice. And he was. He's a Red Sox fan. He is not a big fan of Michael Chavis. This uh, is interesting. He feels like there are a lot of holes in his swing, which seems fair given the K rate. Um, but he's going to end up at second when Bobby Dalback is called up, and uh, he's yeah. not a big fan of of Michael Chavis. So, um, interesting. F- former former Philly Caesar Cesar Cesar Hernandez or uh, Gene Segura. I feel Segura. Like, okay, okay. I feel like Cesar Hernandez is low key underrated. Uh, I think he is, but he does not. He's one of those guys who just does not have a defi- defining skill. Where if you put him up against Segura, who if he steals again and he and he gets twenty bags and steals are so rare right now, like there's no way I don't think you could defend taking him. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, Galaxy Brain Gabe Kapler was the reason that they didn't steal twenty bags? Do you feel like he had a part in it? Uh, I don't know. Specifically, I don't know. I try to really no, black out wildly, a lot of the please. Gabe Kapler. Speculate, <laughs> you need to speculate wildly here. All right. Uh, Let's keep it. Let's keep it moving because you got you got a time. You got a hard out here, so let's let's keep it moving. I got one more question about uh, the majors. 
Uh, okay. JT Realmuto is a top three dynasty catcher for how many years? I would say three. Okay. Like top catcher? You're looking like top three, top five? Yeah, top three, top five. I would say three just because the position is so hard. It is. Does he ever move off and become a first baseman? You th- do you see uh, that happening? Or do you just see him becoming like Buster Posey and just and Joe Maurer and just slowly fading off? I don't know. Maybe they move the first if he – see, I feel like it's always an injury that prompts a catcher moving to first. Like they just – because it's hard to find the guys who can really stick behind there. And maybe something else that plays into it is like how soon do robo-homes come in? Right. Uh, maybe toward the tail end. I think by the time JT Realmuto is a first baseman, that you're probably not terribly concerned with rostering him. Hmm. All right. All right. Let's talk about some uh, prospects for about 10 minutes. Um, there are a couple notable names in here uh, that I like, uh, and then there are some names that make me sad. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to start off with something positive. Uh, Alec Bohm. Bomb? Bomb. Alec Bomb. Boom. I say boom. Boom. Okay. And this actually came up on my mock draft podcast with uh, with Nick. Uh, we just called him Alec B because we <laughs> he also said boom. Okay. All right. Well, he's a big boy and he has a big bat. I agree. Okay. Does he? <laughs> when does he come, get called up? Conveniently after five weeks or so. Uh, whenever, whenever the Super Two cutoff happens to appear. Wait, you're saying that he's going to come up this year? Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. Okay, why? maybe not five where's, weeks. Where's he going to go? Not five weeks, but There's certainly no for him. earlier on. Well, your boy hastily might hit the pine. Hey, maybe, maybe they call him up because he's just he's hit, hitting the crap out of the ball in the minors and they move Kingery to center where he showed to be able to have some range because of his speed and he starts playing third base. Absolutely. I could see him up this year. Okay. So you're thinking like after the first five weeks, interesting. Okay. So, so bomb gets called up and, uh, and he comes in and so he has over under how many at bats? Uh, let's just put it at four, three eighty. Ooh, Maybe a shade over. Okay. Why am I worried about Alec Baum? Because he's a Phillies prospect and they can barely develop anyone ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. But he's but performed you know at every level. He has. And he also, I, I believe he's one of a couple players who was really regarded as the success with Jason Ochart having taken over their minor league hitting development last year. And as the first season there... Uh, I think he was one of the guys who eventually bought in really and, and clicked. And you see it like he got better in, in double A. And yes, Redding is a launch pad for the minors, but he's he's really good. I think he's one of those guys he, like he's going to come up and, and probably be good. I'm going to knock on the nearest wood to me and hope that he does not just fade into nothing. Yeah. I like him. Uh, you know, that BABIP was incredibly low at double A last year. And so when people are going to look at double A and see he had a 269, 344, 500, I mean, it was a 265 BABIP. That is not not normal. 
Um, but that ISO has always been above 150 in the leagues that actually matter. So he's yeah. his power is real, real deal. Uh, the walk to K ratio is also very. Uh, I take heart in that as well. So, um, so if you were going to think about this longer term, um, he stays at third base for how long? You think he'll be there for a while? Because six five is a big boy. That is a big boy. I can imagine it being the majority of what the CBA declares as controlled years right now. You know, probably maybe four years. Let's see how he kind of moves around when he gets up here. Because as long as he's not a butcher who like stumbles, like he is Corbin Burnson's character in Major League, and does some of that Ole stuff. Um, you know, I think. It, why not keep him there? Because you have Hoskins at first. Where else are you going to put him? Hmm. Okay. All right. And so uh, if you were going to take Bomb in 2021, right, are you taking yeah. him or Chapman first? Matt Chapman? Yeah. Oh, Chapman. Okay. All right. Just asking. Just asking a question. Him or Josh Donaldson? <laughs> uh, who? Maybe maybe Bohm because I have to see Donaldson play again this year. He, he so he just signed that four year deal, but he's he's thirty four and like maybe they gave him Nelson Cruz's lifeblood. I don't know, but okay. I could see him fading. So Spencer Howard's going to come up this year too, right? I would imagine so. Will he be better or worse than Nick Pavetta? Um. <laughs> uh, God, I hope uh, you're on the record now. You're on the record. You have to make a statement. Will he be better or worse than Nick Pavetta? Make you're on the record. I'd imagine he'd be better. Wow, you're really out on a leap here, or you're really out on a limb. I I respect it. The 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 fortitude to say that is phenomenal. <laughs> are you are you as a Phillies fan very excited about Spencer Howard? Sort of. I mean, why, again, they, why are you just kind of sorta? Because they just they don't develop people, and Aaron Nola. He came, yeah, so <laughs> he's one guy. <laughs> hey, hey, um, you said they, they. You made it an absolute. You said they don't well, develop so people. Here, here's the other thing: is that Nola was he was more of a name and and more like Aaron Nola is just a. a like a step up from what he was, not just a step up from what he was in college, but he's just the evolved version of the very good college pitcher that he was. Spencer Howard was taken in the second round, yes, but doesn't come with nearly the the cachet. So in and they, you know, there have been articles like Matt Gelb has written about him in terms of his development and how he really figured out pitches that worked for him once he got into uh, minor league ball last year. Uh, after spending a, a you know a year in, in in a ball and battling through rookie ball and then a plus and and all that i just I, I would love for him to come up and be amazing and be somebody you can rely on as a number two or three i just think that's a lot and i think pitching is really really hard and i'm not going to bank on it right away well, i know pitching's really really hard ask zach efflin <laughs> zach ask zach efflin how harding hard pitching uh, is and he's your fifth starter, so yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like it can't be worse, <laughs> right? Well, Pavetta could be in the rotation again and, and stink. Right. I'm not talking about Pavetta. I'm talking about Spencer Howard. 
Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, just I don't think uh, I think he comes up and he's the dude. Unless you see uh, these three other names, uh, Eniel, De Los Santos, Adonis Medina and Jojo Romero. Does somebody do you you like a name there that would come up and take that fifth spot from Zach Eflin and Vince Velasquez for that matter? Here's the thing. Um, well, I, you know what? I don't even know if it's fair to call. I'm going to go on a Vince Velasquez moment here. I don't oh, even know right. if it's really fair to call him a full-blown starter at this point because every year it's like he's really figuring it out. This thing is working for him now. And then somehow the answer is always like just throw more fastballs. It's like that's that's, that's not the answer no matter how good the pitch is. And he, he barely goes through the fifth inning. So I don't know how long he sticks around if any of these guys take an enormous leap forward. But here's the thing in regard to the guys you named. De Los Santos is probably better suited as that like that swingman going between rotation or, or fire fire guy in the in the bullpen. And I did like Jojo Romero and I did like Adonis Medina a lot more before their most recent seasons. So when it comes to like a Spencer Howard type, it's really hard to be like, oh, well, of course he's going to be great. Like, let me see it for a little bit longer because I loved Adonis Medina this time a year ago, and he just kind of deflated last year. Do you miss uh, – am I on? I don't know if I'm yeah. on. Yeah. Do you miss Sixto Sanchez? Maybe a little. Maybe a little, but I I really like JT. You know, Real Muto is awesome. So Hey, 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 I have a question for you. Okay. Do you remember Mickey Moniak? <laughs> you remember him? That was that was rude. <laughs> Do you remember him though? Like he was he, yeah, he I remember was, him. He was a player at one point. Um. Yeah. Well, and what's up with was him? He always had a, his thing was he always had a really flat swing, and then he wasn't able to make contact in the minors. So it's like if you have a flat swing that doesn't naturally get that power, and then you have an ability hitting, you're in a lot of trouble. He was the number one overall pick. Yeah, that well, part of that too is like there's there might have been cost saving efforts there, which is right frustrating. But still, I mean, yeah. So he's never going to be anything. Uh, I think he could be not for our purposes, for our our fake team purposes. I don't think so. Yeah, he's it's sad, sad to see. You have anybody else that you want to talk about before we uh, before we wrap up? I want to be cognizant um, of your time. Well, I greatly appreciate that. Um, no, not necessarily. I, I mean, I'm. I think it's worth really discussing how well the Phillies or how well they have not developed players over the last few years. And you know, we're, we're talking about things like the infield makeup. We talked about how the outfield will shake out without even really talking about Kutch, who if he's back and healthy and like he was last year, that could help a lot, but who knows. I think what a lot of the Phillies' production comes down to is if the front office can establish anything. And this front office as a group, has they've made some really wonky decisions, and I think that's evident in the last year in terms of how the team has looked, in terms of where guys have played in suddenly new positions, in terms of... Uh, being in, inable or incapable of developing uh, players as they come through the minor leagues, guys regressing even like last year they had one of the biggest or the, their starters regressed some of the uh, as oh boy I'm really jumbling this but You're the starters great. as a staff regressed 
more than almost any other staff in baseball, and it was almost entirely the same guys. So it's like you have a lot of questions in terms of the information you have, how you're using it, how you're communicating it, and it's really like a we need to see. Like show me on the field before we really buy into much of anything. All right, so uh, it's January 16th at 4 o'clock. Um, where do the Phillies end up? Your prediction, bold prediction. <sighs> I'm, I'm sighing because it, I don't think it's going to be that bold. Maybe the third team in the division? Okay. You know, like the Nats are still going to be really good. Atlanta's still going to be really good. And the Phillies need to take some big steps the to Marlins compete. The Marlins are better. <laughs> the Marlins are better. Um, notably, within the last few hours, Carlos Beltran just stepped down as manager of the Mets. Right. So who knows what, what happens there? Bit of a dumpster fire. Uh, a bit. So so but... so go ahead with another bold prediction. I'm going to ask you one more question. Bold prediction. Okay. Uh, w- what is the craziest thing that's going to happen uh, over the next week or two? Um Keep in mind, again, this is January 16th, everybody that's listening. And uh, John Boy is in the paint uh, on Twitter (laughs) just tearing people up. And you have, like, nieces and nephews and sons of bench coaches coming out and telling all these crazy stories about people. Uh, So so where does the slander end? Like, when do we jump the shark? In terms of – do – can we narrow it down to a team or no, the? No, no. The... You just go ahead. You make one bold prediction. You go ahead. Do you tell me the craziest thing? Who's who's the player or the the manager or where does this end? How does this end? I can't help but think that there will be a an article about uh, the Mets. Somebody within the Mets wanted to hire Joe Girardi, but they didn't. Or Joe Girardi still would really like to manage for the Mets. Something bizarre will come out of the New York tabloids about that team. Okay, so the Mets are going to have something really weird happen. Did, yeah, but like even weird for the Mets. Okay, but I mean it was pretty weird already. I feel like we've very peaked Mets right now <laughs> with the fact that they hired a manager that never managed a game. Yeah, they they operate in, in like a bizarro world. Okay, so maybe maybe Brody maybe Brody manages the team. Okay, so so what ends up uh, does does uh, Jose Altuve or uh, Alex Bregman get suspended at all? No, I don't think I don't think the league goes there because I don't think they want to go into the teeth of the union as they get ready for CBA negotiations. Okay, man, there's just all sorts of weird stuff happening. All right, well, hey Tim, thanks, man. Thank you. Are we having you on again anytime? Did you was that the last uh, hitter profile that you wrote? No, I did the Dodgers and I did the Yankees, so what? I'll, you I'll had get around. Four? Well, I had I think I had two. And then people for various reasons they weren't able to do there, so I just hopped on them. All right, so I will So I'm really sorry for everybody listening. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is fantastic. I can't wait to hear what you I, I mean, by the time we record again, who knows what's going to happen. The Yankees are probably going to be embroiled in this somehow. I can imagine the, so, yeah. The Dodgers are not uh, without their hands being dirty, so. Yeah, that's so many sources are saying that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, so, so, I was asking you, I will just, I mean, hang on, I'm going to pause just for a second. Okay. And we're going to be quiet. And then, uh, okay, so, I was asking on the picture list, the, our writer channel, about this whole, like, looking at the swinging strike rates and figuring out who might regress based on all of this cheating that happened. 
Um, and I can't quite figure out if this is something that I worth exploring or not. I think that would be fascinating, but so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, like we, we'd really have to figure out what the other teams were doing. Like, were they doing something audible, like uh, banging on trash cans? Well, I mean, you could probably, I guess what I'm saying is like, you could draw some assumptions by looking at sure. players that had 30% strikeout rates or, you know, 20% strikeout rates, whatever it is, consistently in the minors. And then all of a sudden, right around like, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018 dropped. Right when we were looking yeah. at George Springer, he dropped into the single digits, and he had never done that before. And so now that you know, like now that there's context behind it, you're like, oh, that's why. And if you hear these names, like the Dodgers are coming out, and people are talking about, um, I don't know who else. I've, I'd have to go back and look at the teams, but I want to look at the Dodgers and say, is there anybody else that's like clearly, hey, there's something else going on here? So, yeah, that that would be interesting for sure. Uh, and like, so I know that I think your the eyes get better for hitters as they go through their career. So maybe somebody cites that, but you, you like, there's all sorts of study that where you could see like, well, who are players who did develop better eyes and what, what were their, you know, strikeout and, and walk rates like, and how did, how are they different from players who suddenly changed like a George Springer? Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'm not going to waste my time with it then. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. All right. Well, I don't want to discourage it. I hope that didn't happen. No, I, I you didn't. I'm just talking really it. difficult. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. It would be. Yeah, you'd be out on a limb too, drawing some assumptions based on. You'd be speculating wildly. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey man, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we'll this talk. When are you gonna? Uh, when are you gonna come out with your other stuff? When does the uh, the Yankees and Dodgers come out? Uh, I think they're very close to each other. The Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are before the Yankees, but I it should be within the next, I want to say, week or so. Maybe a little more than that. Yeah. All right. Well, then we should probably catch up in the next. I have so many on. I, I have to release Mondays and Fridays only. Um, so, And I was supposed to release tomorrow, and then they told me that uh, On the Corner is coming out tomorrow. So, oh. so I'm restarting again next week, uh, which i got to go into WordPress and fix this. I forget um but yeah so the I have like 10 recorded already just just stocked up yeah, yeah. so I'm just gonna be wow. slow rolling these over the next five weeks oh boy so. okay yeah so it's not a huge rush just whenever we get to it yeah all right uh all right well uh I'll look forward to it yeah I'll talk and uh, we'll talk soon yeah <laughs> all right sounds good man all right bye yeah